President Trump is on high alert. He is at Andrews Air Force Base waiting to greet the three American detainees who were released by North Korea today after months uh, in confinement. Boy, these guys are in for some shock when they're met at the airport by President Trump. Whoa, wait, President who? When did this happen? That's a good point. I don't that know. Is funny. I don't know how up on the news they were allowed to be. At what Oof. point did they find out that the president of the United States is Donald Trump from The Apprentice? Who got us out? <laughs> well, that's I hadn't even considered that. They're probably kept from any news, weren't they? Well, it depends. In, what it's certainly possible, unless you know they had propaganda reasons for doing something. But yeah, it's entirely possible they had no idea. I don't see you taking in a lot of news there at your North Korean work camps. Oh, sure. After the, you know, the bell rings at five and everybody goes and has a beer together at the work camp uh, bar and watches the news. By the way, the worst thing that could possibly happen for my attempts to keep my weight steady happened yesterday as I free ham. It's practically that bad. We'll talk about that later. Oh, OK. So can you explain oh, some uh, some headlines about health care while the media obsesses with uh Stormy Daniels and the rest of that crap. There are things coming on that are screwing America. There are things going on that are screwing American families every single day that nobody pays attention to. But yeah. you know, I'm looking at the video of Trump and uh, and Melania greeting the prisoners at two o'clock in the morning, and uh, they look really happy. Those prisoners, you would be. You'd be the happiest oh. you've ever been in your life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they look to actually be in good health, not like poor Otto who got beaten to death. Right. But um. You know, it'd be one thing to uh, to come out of prison and see Donald Trump. Well, holy crap. Not only is Donald Trump the president, but I'm meeting the presidents. And what is going on? And who is that? You've been, <laughs> Who's the hottie? You've been, in a male, wife? you've been in a male work camp your whole life and Melania's standing there. That's the old guy's wife? Holy cats. <laughs> I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> So explain, would you, what cultural appropriation is, uh, using the, uh, the the language of the, the left, I guess. Well, I could look it up. That I makes people angry. Me a little warning. It's, it's the idea of using another culture's art, music, style, traditions, etc., to inform your own. Borrowing a spice from another culture. And why is it bad? It's not. Well, I want I want you to, if you can, explain it from the, the left point of view. I can't. They're madmen. <laughs> from the it's point idiotic. of view of the people who are bothered by this. It's, it's the idea that you're profiting off of their culture as if you can just take it and use it. So the example that this is from David Frum, he's got an article out. He was a speechwriter for George Bush. This is really, it's long, complicated, and very interesting, but every cultural appropriate Culture Appropriates is the title. And he wrote it off the story that got a lot of attention last week. Uh, We talked about it. A young woman in Utah who bought a Chinese-style dress to wear to her high school formal. She posted some photographs of herself on her personal Instagram page, and suddenly she found herself uh, a target of virulent, very mm, angry online abuse. Of course. Um, Luckily, some people... Of course, if you post a video of a six-year-old tap dancing, it'll be the target of angry abuse. Let's keep that in mind. Um, and so he goes through some examples of cultural appropriation and gets to why it's it's so silly uh, and almost uh, and, well, it's just silly it, uh, at every level. It's just silly at every level. The history of the world is cu- cultural appropriation. Every culture is the appropriation of some other things. Right. It's the sincerest form of flattery, and it is the inevitable positive and beautiful result of diversity. He, you stupid idiots. 
He starts with this death metal of cowboys band he saw in Botswana. They're like a coffee shop band in some African country playing uh, what he said sounded a lot like punk music. Mm. And uh, and whether or not it should be, we should all be horrified that that is happening. I am, certainly. Um, it's a guy who used to play punk music. I, how dare those Botswanans? Talking about a, a story from 2015, Oberlin University, a Vietnamese student shamed the dining hall into ceasing to serve its version of banh mi sandwiches. Is that the way you pronounce that? I don't know. Instead of a crispy baguette with grilled pork, pickled vegetables, and fresh herbs, the sandwich used ciabatta bread, pulled pork, and coleslaw. And this Vietnamese kid was very angry that they were using a different... Right, how dare you? Cuisine must be kept exactly the same. All the, everybody knows that. Because everybody's fried chicken all across the country is the same or version right. of whatever. You're not or, allowed to, like, try different things. How dare you? Maybe a better example would be coleslaw. I've never had two coleslaws that were the same. My, um, my cuisine is inviolate. It's, it's like my conception of God. How dare you try a different spice? So this kid, this Vietnamese kid, actually got Oberlin University to stop serving that in their dining hall. Said it was ridiculous. How could they just throw out something completely different and label it as another country's traditional food? The references to baguette and pate in the food product of a former French colony might have tipped off the angry Oberlin student that the banh mi is not quite as traditional a Vietnamese food as she had imagined. When this exotic remake of a classic uh, French food was sold on the streets of Hanoi, the vendors called it Bonté, literally Western-style bread. So it originally nice. had come from the West, become a Vietnamese food, changed a little bit. Um, Hilarious. And then when it comes back to the West, if there's a little variation on it, that is a grave offense to her ancestors. Right. Please. You know what's being served for lunch? Fake offense. <laughs> This story I, I brought yesterday later in the show for the uh, lazy listeners who don't get up early. Oh, yeah. It's such a pleasure to be talking to you people, the go-getters. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, a Canadian university actual, actually canceled its yoga classes. I, oh, I brought this story to you. As culturally appropriating, notwithstanding that most of the strenuous moves taught in modern classes, I didn't know this, actually originate in Danish gymnastics and British Army calisthenics, which were in turn appropriated by Indian entrepreneurs seeking to update yoga from a meditative to an active practice for the body-conscious modern age. So the the Eastern uh, culture thought, you know, nobody cares about yoga in its current form. It's mostly thinking. We need to make it more physical. So we'll take these British calisthenics and make them part of our yoga. And now the nice Indian gal at that college in Canada is assuming the position of pretended offense. The Cultural Appropriation Police answer the yoga and bond me objections, if you want to know what the argument is, with a familiar counter-argument. It's about power. It's fine for colonized Indians to incorporate European fitness regimes into the yoga. It's wrong for Canadians of European origin to incorporate yoga into their fitness regimes. That is so yoga biz- routines. That's idiotic. So it's if you, bizarre. So if you've got less power... If you're a small African country, you can play Americanized punk music. If you're uh, the big, powerful um, uh, America, you can't play whatever Botswana folk music would be in America. What if you're like uh, one of your African countries with a huge black majority and and an oppressive government, and you're playing white people music? Is that okay within the borders? Even though at one time you were a colony 
of those. At what point? And I haven't unleashed my screed about looking at the entire world and everything through the victor, victim oppressor paradigm. But it is so bad. It's so dumb. It, it blinds you to so many things. And it's so popular in schools these days. And the victim can do no wrong and the, the oppressor can do no right. So this is very long and very complicated. I I don't have time to get to it all. It's worth a read if you're into this well, sort of stuff. Well, let's spend the whole half an hour on it. Why uh, not? Well, I'll hit you with some more of it coming up. Why the particular argument about this Utah high school students wearing this particular Chinese outfit is so ridiculous. Yes, please. As co- cultural appropriation. And the background is pretty interesting. You're making it so much more difficult to act offended. That's all I want to do today is be offended by something so I can show how virtuous I am. Why do you make it so hard? Bono, his birthday today, we're playing a lot of U2. Of course, they were playing rock and roll, invented the United States, so I'm not very happy about that. Where do they get off playing rock and roll? Friggin' drunk Irish thieves, that's what I say. If he plays anything that's not one of them, you know, dancing jig songs. Right. (laughs) What does Hey, press your arms to your sides, Mick. That's what I say. Wow. Uh, stay tuned. Our text Stage line is... your own dances. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Maybe my all-time favorite music video. Is this the one where they're walking down the street in Vegas? No, this is the one where I'm on the roof in oh, L.A. Oh, yeah. Huh. With the bullhorn and everything. That's uh, a 30-year-old song, but still, you know. Where the streets have no name, that's a horrible idea for a city. I, I know exactly. How are you going to... The big oak tree, take a left there. There's a grocery store. No? You don't know where it is? Did you say the big grocery store or the big tree? I don't know. I don't know. Now, I want to go where the streets have no name right now. Here's the worst thing that's happened to me in terms of uh, trying to keep my weight steady. Oh, boy. So I'm at the grocery store yesterday. With little Henry, we go to get some, uh, we're out of bread and milk. So we go to get some bread and milk, but I'm hungry. Never walk into a grocery oh, store Oh, boy, danger, danger. So I walk past the little place where they uh, they make the food. What do you call that area of a grocery store? They oh, got their own stuff they make. D- d- yeah, I know what you mean. The prepared food yeah, area. Yeah, all kinds yeah. of different stuff. And they had a biscuits and gravy thing <gasps> from the morning with cellophane over it. And I asked the lady who worked there, I said, so how good's your biscuits and gravy? She said, oh, oh, <laughs> I've had to swear it off. Oh, oh. my. And oh, I, my. And I thought, you know, I'll give it a try. She said, ask the guy when he checks out if because he, he eats it every day. <laughs> so then I get around there and he said, oh, you're getting the biscuits and gravy. Good move. I said, it's pretty good. He said, hey. Brandon, he's getting the biscuits and gravy. All right, dude, you're going to love it. I thought, oh, wow, I am in trouble. You walked into some sort of biscuits and gravy cult. I am in trouble. Oh, man. This is yell around to your coworkers. Somebody else discovered it good. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. And it's like $3, and I'm sure it's there every day, and oh. I drive by it every day. There may be no more nourishing food in terms of deliciousness and calories per dollar than biscuits and gravy. And I, he, I heated it up last night. 
after we had dinner. Oh, this bang, was a, bang. a bang bang. This a is the, bang, bang. the fourth meal of the day. Yes. Uh, and I heated it up, and it was about as good a biscuits and gravy as I've ever had. So I'm in trouble. How do I not stop there almost every day? You know, I'm hungry just this once. It's three bucks. I'll heat it up in the microwave. Of course, you're a northern Midwesterner, and it was southern Midwesterners who come up with biscuits and gravy. So you're really appropriating their culture. Right. So getting back to cultural appropriation from this David Frum article, every culture appropriates appropriates. I have never said that title without screwing it up. Wow, that's amazing. Every too cu- much biscuits and gravy, maybe fat face. <laughs> I my, don't even know what that my means. My tug is so fat, <laughs> and my saliva <laughs> is just gravy. <laughs> every culture my keeps sticking to my gums. Every culture appropriates, and that is so obviously true. But so then you get into the whole, it's about power. So when a powerful nation steals music, no, food, clothes, not. whatever, from a less powerful country, no, that's not. when it's wrong. No, now, it's why this girl in Utah last week wearing a Chinese-style dress, we're, we're pretty close in power, us in China. I mean, we're actually way ahead, but they're number two. Sure. So... It's not exactly... uh, They are a superpower. It's not exactly some hut dwellers in Africa, and we're eating their food. Not that I have any problem with that either. Uh, Yeah, I'm kind of ashamed to even entertain that comparison, but go on. But anyway, so she wore this dress, which is technically called a Chengzum or something. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Anyway, and he went into a little of the history of this particular dress that she wore, that people were so horrified that she was culturally appropriating from the Chinese. That particular dress started when uh, the Manchurian conquest of China in 1648 occurred. Comparable to Europe's 30 years war, uh, society shattering murderousness, he says. Millions of people, perhaps tens of millions of people, lost their lives in the upheaval when the most more powerful region of China went in and killed all the people in the less powerful region of China and started wearing their clothes for whatever reason because they liked that outfit. Mm. That's where that outfit came from. So it was the downtrodden to start with, if you believe that. So you've stolen twice. Uh, Although it was a kind of a different style of it. I didn't know this, and this is very interesting. Europe invented the idea of changing clothes styles regularly. For whatever reason it happened, the idea that clothing styles should change regularly and often for no compelling reason is one of Europe's most distinctive contributions to world culture. Thanks for nothing. Yeah, it is. There is no reason for it. One more reason to hate Euros. Prior to whoever invented this idea, all of the world was perfectly comfortable with wearing whatever their dad wore and their grandpa wore or grandma or whatever right. for their whole lives. Breaches and a deerskin jacket. Why would I wear slightly shorter or longer pants? Just because somebody says this year than I did two right. years ago. Please. Now you're preaching to the choir. But anyway, that idea was appropriated by the Chinese, the idea of changing your styles now and then, and it applied to this Chengzum outfit. And there are all kinds of different versions of it getting tighter, looser, more colorful, less colorful, this and that throughout the years. It mm. changed in styles like. Like, like, uh, like, well, like Western clothes do. Sure. So any particular one of them being picked out as the, 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 the sign of their culture is pretty ridiculous. And they took the idea of changing it all the time from the Europeans, of course, which gets very complicated. Um, uh, another example in here that I'll hit you with of uh, cultural appropriation. 
The green flag of Islam was adopted from pre-Islamic religions of Iran, which they, uh, you know, booted out and in many cases killed. The great Western African kingdom of Benin, I don't know that, acquired the metal from its famous bronze artworks that were not supposed to duplicate by selling thousands of people into slavery to Portuguese traders to get their metal. It's a beautiful culture, though. You shouldn't you shouldn't appropriate it. Um, you know, while you're, while you're searching for the next beautiful example, <laughs> right? listen, you know, I don't claim to be Da Vinci over here, but I've spent my entire life making things, music, drama, humor, whatever, and, and including with people from, you know, various places all over the world. Here's how it works. Whether you're Elvis Presley listening to black music or the Rolling Stones listening to Elvis Presley, then listening to black music, and then then exporting it back to America, blah, 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 to Chinese fashion, to uh, Asian fusion cuisine. You see something, hear something, taste something, and you say, oh, my God, that's amazing. How do you do that? And the person who knows how to do it shows you with pride and joy, and they love spreading it. That's the way it is among real creative people, not you, you, you just panty wadded, just nanny types who are just desperate to be offended on other people's behalves. That's not the way musicians see it. That's not the way artists see it. You know, if some Western artist goes to Japan and falls completely in love with their screen printing and says, oh, my God, how do you do that? The ja- they don't have to hold the Japanese artists hostage or force them to or say, we'll bomb Nagasaki again and let you show me how to do that. The Japanese artists are proud to share their culture. You a bunch of whiners. Well, and if you start wearing uh, some other uh, culture's clothes, it's because you like it and think it's cool. It's not because you're this, mocking right. them and it's, want to oppress them. It's the sincerest form of flattery. You know, my, my son pointed out one bit of cultural appropriation. He said, this is what guys like me are talking about when we say it. It was a music video. I can't remember. It was like Miley Cyrus or something. D- does this sacred wedding thing that uh, from India, but she sexes it up and puts it in a music video. <laughs> and he said, that's really objectionable. And I said, yeah, that's really disrespectful of cultural traditions and all, but... I don't know that you need to hang a name on it and look for it all the time, especially because it is purely an expression of seeing the entire world through the victim-oppressor paradigm, which ignores the reality of arts and, and, and food and creative endeavors of all kinds. It just, it, it, God, it turns you into a weirdo. Do you have that view, though? Do you have any problem with the Met Gala in New York, which had some religious theme and people wore all kinds of mocking Catholic gear to it? Yeah, I think it's offensive to Catholics, and I think if Catholics don't like it, they ought to express that. It's just, it's, I, uh, you know, I don't particularly need to express it for them. I think it sucks. If but. you would have told me 10 years ago this cultural appropriation battle would happen, I would have thought, no way. Not possible. Too stupid. You're right. Yeah. You'd think, wouldn't you? What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Al Trump's joyful welcome home to three Americans just released by North Korea. And NBC releases its internal Matt Lauer investigation results. The Internet laughs. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. I want to hear that. I like when the Internet laughs. It has a good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Tom Brokaw speaking out against his accuser from a couple of weeks ago and uh, coming out pretty strong. 
Uh, while we're talking hashtag Me Too, the Monica Lewinsky being uninvited because Bill Clinton was going to be there story is really interesting. Oh, my. Got, yeah, got in, saw that. Got invited to a major soiree. Turns out Bill Clinton decided to come, so they booted Monica Lewinsky out because Bill Clinton was going to be there. Hashtag Me Too. Hashtag yeah. Me Too. Yeah, that just uh, d- d- take a quick look at how the rankings actually are. And what, was it a progressive type gathering? Yeah, yeah it was about gun control. Yeah, I thought so. So yeah, it was part great. of the whole social change. Things things need to get better. Crowd. There you go. And if Harvey Weinstein were to donate $10,000, I'd say about six months from now, they'd boot out his victims. I'll bet you. Not right now, maybe, but in six months, I'll bet. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the three U.S. citizens released by North Korea are back in the U.S. North Korean TV, releasing video of Secretary of State Pompeo meeting with the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un just before the men were freed. The two men seen shaking she hands. Didn't say. <laughs> oh, a great old joke. <laughs> they they uh, met prior to the uh, prisoners being freed. They were welcomed back by President Trump at 2 this morning, who thanked him for their release, says he's looking forward to the upcoming summit. So we will see what happens. We have a meeting scheduled in a very short period of time. You'll be hearing about it soon. We have the location set, and we will see if we can do something that people did not think was going to happen for many, many years, and a lot of bad things could have happened in between. So uh, I I just want to say this is a special night for these three really great people, and congratulations on being in this country. Thank you. The fractured syntax of the POTUS. On the other hand, there may be amazing achievements. Yeah, our friend Ian Bremer tweeted, uh, this is all good, it's all fantastic, but let's not forget, Kim is the strictest, evilest, totalitarian leader in the world. Correct. And continues to be. Does he have a desire to loosen things up, to move toward openness, to move toward modernity? Uh, I'd be very, very skeptical. He and his family have killed millions of people right, through starvation and prison camps. So that's who he is. Vice President uh, Pence, meanwhile, revealing new details about the conditions of the three Americans that were freed by North Korea, saying one was evidently kept from the daylight. Pence telling ABC News that uh, Secretary of State Pompeo told him during a refueling stop in Anchorage, one of the detainees asked to go outside the plane because he hadn't seen daylight in a very, very long time. Wow. 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 Hey, speaking of Mike Pence... For some reason, George Will unleashed just venom, straight fire in the WAPO. He called Pence so many names, it was like Pence stole his woman. It's unbelievable. We'll see if we can get to that at some point. I don't know where the hell it came from. What's the main theme? That he's a weasel. Multisyllabic words seem to be this main theme. Yeah, his main theme is, I have set fire to my thesaurus, and the worst words in it are now running out terrified and jumping on Mike Pence. It is Bitterly venomous. But is he uh, is he bothered by Pence not uh, going along with Trump too much or what? Uh, that's a large part of it. Yeah, okay. All right. Trump is no longer the worst person in government. 
is the headline. Wow. wow. It's the oleogenous Mike Pence. Whatever that means. With his talent for toadyism and appetite for obsequiousness. Yeah, yeah. toadyism and oh, obsequiousness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Senator John McCain <laughs> says the Senate should not be confirming the nomination of Gina Haspel as CIA director. What a load of crap this is. I'm sorry. I'm bringing the fire myself today. Go on, Mark. Chairman of the Senate Armed Services Committee says he believes Haspel's a patriot who loves our country, but that her role in overseeing the use of torture by Americans is disturbing. McCain says her refusal to acknowledge torture's immorality is disqualifying. He was referring to part of Haspel's confirmation hearing when she was asked by California Senator Kamala Harris if she believed, in hindsight, that enhanced interrogation techniques after the 9-11 attacks were immoral. It's a yes or no answer. Senator, I believe that it's extraordinary work to prevent another attack on this country given the legal tools that we were authorized to use. Please answer yes or no. Senator, I, I think I've answered the question. No, you've not. But, you know, that's a classic. Yeah. That That's straight out of uh, the movie with Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise. Uh, oh, the, the court of their own. Uh, <laughs> a few good men. A few good that's, men. That's the one. The court of their own. <laughs> Where, that's right. You know, somebody's got to stand on that wall. You know, you can't handle the truth. That's a classic. You can't handle the truth. For the and CIA. A classic gotcha question. And for please. the CIA. And this is this is scary. And it can go too far so easily. But you can't have moral and immoral into the world of the CIA, I don't think, at the at the most basic levels. That's that's the you can't handle the truth. Yeah. Well, th- that and if the president and the cabinet and the Congress, both parties, say this is legal, this is the law, this is what you should do, and this l- mid-level woman says, okay, that's my job, I'll do it, and then... After her boss, John Brennan, is approved overwhelmingly by Democrats for the same job. Approved overwhelmingly. And this is the guy who was in charge of implementing this stuff and at his own hearings said, yeah, well, it it was necessary at the time. They said, okay, no problem, and approved him. And now they're pretending that this poor Haspel woman is some sort of evil genius who is behind it all. It is incredibly disingenuous. In other news, you'll be... And by the way, if if it were a flipped party sort, sort of situation and she was getting grilled like this, guarantee you the media would be saying it's because she's a woman. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a, God, and Nancy Pelosi, all the Democratic leadership that's in place right now, was briefed at the time on the enhanced interrogation uh, techniques. And they all signed off of them in the wake of 9-11. And Kamala Harris is a grandstanding ideologue phony. And and in the days afterwards, she would have been first in line to do whatever but, it took to protect people. From a political standpoint, why didn't she just said just say yes? Is there a reason why she didn't? I mean, is there a political reason? Or she, should, could she just personally not? Because the question would be, then why did you implement something that was clearly immoral? Oh, you're right. You're right. She's smarter than me because I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't. Have, I would. I would set myself up for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was the 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 judges at the time said it was okay. It was not torture. Now we say it is torture. Well, listen. I'm, you, you can't rewrite history. At the time, it wasn't legally torture. I'm familiar with the concept that you can't or you shouldn't execute an unlawful order from your superior. I get that. At the same time, can you imagine a world in which, and again, the, Gina Haspel at the time was a mid-level CIA employee. Can you imagine a world in which you had to convince every single level of management 
of an organization like the CIA that what the president, cabinet, and Congress has ordered is something they should probably do. You have to seek them out individually and convince them all. That's not the way it works. Plus, you're forgetting what it felt like at the time after 9-11. I don't, I don't think there's probably hardly anybody in, in all of government that wouldn't have waterboarded the somebody themselves in the days after 9-11. Right. If they thought it was going to get information out of them. In other news, NBC clears itself. The company releasing details of its internal investigation. <laughs> I like it when people <laughs> investigate themselves and then clear themselves. I've always been a fan of that. <laughs> Revealing the details of its internal investigation after the firing of today's show, Matt Lauer. The uh, company said it found no evidence that leaders of NBC News were aware of sex abuse allegations made by women against Lauer. In addition, it says they did not find a broader problem with sex harassment and NBC News. So so they didn't come up with a finding that would cause them to fire important people or their operation that are making lots of money and open themselves up to all kinds of lawsuits. They didn't find that. That's surprising. The news hitting social media with a thud with many users mocking openly NBC's conclusion that NBC was in no way at fault. We are reviewing our policy of putting our fingers in our ears and saying la 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 <laughs> every time a female employee brings up harassment. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Marshall, I'm just curious did they take partial responsibility for what had happened they didn't take any no (laughs) not even they didn't even pretend to take quote-unquote full responsibility so uh, i'm not the only one that thinks snl's cold opens have gotten a little tired with the whole trump this and that i thought i might be the only one but i'm not that among other things coming up what was that other thing you had was really good? Oh, uh, George Will dumping on Mike Pence for some reason again. Whether uh, they used to be lovers, maybe? or <laughs> That seems unlikely. Pence stole Will's dog and claims it's not his? I don't, I don't know, but man, Will is pissed. We're playing a lot of U2 because it's Bono's birthday. We just needed a reason. Suppose we could completely fill you in on the why Monica Lewinsky is so mad. And she is mad, and she should be. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Big news, Best Buy has redesigned their logo in order to make it more modern. Yeah. Best Buy's CEO said, with this new logo, we're going to sell a lot of VCRs. So, (laughs) wow. Wow. Breaking news. Breaking news. Actual breaking news. Look out. Stand back. (laughs) The president will meet Kim Jong-un on June 12th in Singapore. Date and time is set. I'll be there. <laughs> June twelfth. What Let's is that? See what I have going on the twelfth. What day is that? Is that a Tuesday? That's or a, a uh, that's a Saturday. Yes. No, wait. That's May. Hmm. Uh, my calendar flipped back. It's a Tuesday. Perfect. Tuesday. I have nothing going on that day. I will monitor developments. <laughs> <laughs> Check my calendar. I don't know why. There you go, Jack. You you beat the Washington Post to my phone by like three seconds. What's important is that you have it first. Even if it's June 17th in London, we had it first. Um, uh, We're playing a lot of YouTube music. It's Bono's birthday. We got this text. Maybe you can tell me, is this true or not? 
Hmm. That in 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 Ireland, their tax code enables artists to not pay to pay very few to no taxes. It's a, something they came up with in the early 1900s to uh, to foster creativity and art and that sort of stuff. And right. they still got it. And so people like Van Morrison and you two have been making gazillions of dollars. They don't have paid hardly any taxes on for years. And this particular text are very angered that Bono regularly meets with our presidents, telling them they need to s- send more U.S. taxpayer money to various needs around the world. When they when he doesn't have to pay taxes on his seven hundred million dollars, I really don't have time to be offended by that. I don't have any idea if that's true or not. I what I know about uh, Irish tax law can be uh, summarized in the word squat. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know a potato's worth of anything about it. So this uh, opinion piece, and I mean, if I would, I, I wish I had had this occur to me. I should have asked Jack. George Will has written an incredibly strongly worded opinion piece in the WAPO today. What topic do you think he wrote about? Yeah, I wouldn't have picked this. How much he hates Mike Pence is the answer. (laughs) I love George Will. He's one of my favorite thinkers in the world. I do think he works too hard to use giant words. <laughs> well, he's trying to communicate an idea, and if 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 you use words that only one out of a thousand people know what it is, I'm not I'm not sure you're satisfying your overall goal. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what his act is. I you know his circle. They just they live differently than we do. But here's your opening paragraph. And again, whether. <laughs> Whether Mike Pence was groping George Will's wife or Mrs. Will or beat him at cards three games in a row and he's pissed or I don't know. But Donald Trump with his feral cunning knew the oleaginous Mike Pence, oleaginous, oleaginous. It means oily. Okay, Could have just said oily, but I don't. The oleaginous Mike Pence, with his talent for toadyism and appetite for obsequiousness, could, Trump knew, become America's most repulsive public figure. And Pence, who has reached this pinnacle by dethroning his benefactor as the most repulsive public figure, is augmenting the public stock of useful knowledge, because his is the authentic voice of today's lick-spittle Republican Party. He (laughs) clarifies this year's elections. Vote Republican to ratify groveling is governing. I like the term lick split. Lick spittle. Oh, yeah, that's um, one of my faves. Uh, if I remember right, Mike Pence is one of the names George Will used to throw around every presidential election as somebody you got to keep your eye on. He just thinks he's kissing up to Trump yeah. and pandering to the base too much. Using a lot of really strong words and, and, and that. Almost uh, all vice presidents plan on running for president. Um, he's pissed that he's applauded Joe Arpaio too, among yeah. other things. Yeah, I don't. That's just funny. I don't know why his panties are in such a knot over this, but we have no information anyway. that George Will wears panties. Oh yes, we do. I have sources <laughs> close to the great man. Uh, Oleaginous, rich in, covered with, or producing oil, oily or greasy. Definition two: exaggeratedly and distastefully complimentary, obsequious. Oh, hey, that's right. I te- the other thing, thing I teased that I really wanted to get to is um, Craig, the Obamacare lawyer, has absolutely been bringing it about the state of health care, which is not a, you know, a question to the good folks. When was the last time you heard a major news organization talking about health care and your costs of health care and 
how it's changing in the rest of it. And it's not because it all of a sudden got fixed or better. No, and and you know, follow up question to y'all. And you know, what's I Stormy know Daniels health health care like? Yeah, no kidding. Well, she got to get checked for STDs pretty often because she's because she's a professional fornicator. Wow. Anyway, um, bang that gong a lot if you'll pardon the expression. I will not. So, how is healthcare affecting you and your family? Not anymore, right? Those giant bills—they're no longer a strain. You no longer pull your hair out trying to figure out what to do. Of course, your your deductibles are no longer gigantic. Oh, that's right. It's still an enormous problem for America's people. Nobody talks about it. It's just. Yeah, well, we're we're not a serious country. We're not a serious media. But Craig unleashed this piece that I thought was great. I'll give you the first little bit of it, and maybe we'll delve into it a little more next hour. The unholy Frankenstein monster that is the leftover, adulterated, selectively enforced remnants of the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, PPACA, or Obamacare, is working with an almost entirely dysfunctional healthcare system to generate massive profits for insurers in 2018. While PPACA covered roughly 12 to 15 million of the nation's 40 million uninsured, it did nothing to actually reduce price. It goes into how it actually made prices go up and the mind-boggling amount of money that was spent per newly insured person mm. and how the leftover adulterated and selectively enforced remnants of Obamacare have turned into a system no sane human being would design ever, but it's the law of the land and we put up with it. And it's not making the news. No. Uh, Monica Lewinsky's tweet, pretty harsh. I've got some Singapore fun facts, among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.